Welcome to a brand new season of Who Gives a Hoot? And that's really because for season one ended. I, I mean, we we went over that a little bit, but season one's done. I am joined by the ever positive Ben Turner, managing editor of the Who Gives a Hoot blog, which you can check out at Who Gives a Hoot Media or WGAHmedia.com. My favorite website on the internet. I mean, it's on your top five, right? Yeah. Day five. Uh, yeah. And Ryan Legrand, got new contributor to the blog and going to be joining us here for our second season of Who Gives a Hoot? What's up, boys? Hey. 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 You know, it, it, it's um, it's the off season. What you guys been up to? Do you, do you make some like fun arts and crafts or anything like that? Uh, well, considering Ben and I both have children, yes, lots of arts and crafts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, did this just become a family friendly show? Uh, I mean, God. I don't know about family friendly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hope not. It's nine thirty-five, <laughs> and I'm on my third beer. So, oh, uh, it, it's ten thirty-five where I'm at right now, and I'm I'm drinking the the original Antifa beer, uh, some Von Trapp Hellas. Ooh, oh, there yeah. we go. Just a reminder that your grandparents fought in World War II. Uh, No, no, I was thinking the hills were a little bit more alive with the sound of music, but still. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, let's kind of um, let's kind of talk through what what's been going on uh, in the Union Omaha world. The team is selling clocks. Uh, are, are they hoo-hoo clocks? <laughs> There's something. <laughs> I, I I don't. I mean, look, I I don't want to bag on it too much, but honestly, uh, when you have to explain the joke or the concept of what you're doing online, I think that's when you've lost everybody. And mm-hmm. when when they when they had to explain that uh, we had to count the number of uh, of clocks that they posted both tweets and uh responses i that's i was just lost after that <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and uh, i'm gonna go ahead and actually give some fairly high marks on that one i thought it was uh i thought that was a good easter egg okay. i'm gonna say jack don't make me work that hard ever again yeah mm, also fair yeah um but as far as the this offseason's gone um there, there have been some good moves around this around the league. Um, we've had MLS to look at. Uh, maybe some of us have MLS never to look at ever again. <laughs> uh, uh, ju- just putting this out there for all of you listening who don't know, Ryan and myself are what? What would you say, sporting Kansas City fanatics? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I may or may not have helped start a supporters group here in Omaha back in 2012. Yeah, uh, so um, and the fact they just lost three nothing at home to a bunch of loony Minnesotans, Mm -hmm. and uh, everybody knows Ben and Ben's proclivity for weird Colorado madness. Mm -hmm. We all seem that he can't watch. No, play, I know. play prairie dogs. Yep. 
I mean, uh, oh man, you know, uh, one time when I was there, they uh, caught that field with the diseased prairie dogs on fire. Ooh. We, were watching, Ooh. We, were watching, we were watching fireworks on 4th of July and we're like, ooh, that's a bummer. That looks like someone's house is on fire. That's not fun. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> to the fire and you're like, well, maybe that's, maybe that's not in that neighborhood. And then you see the fire trucks come out and they're like, oh, they lit the field on fire, setting off fireworks. Oh, man. And that is, uh, uh, you know, most seasons of the Colorado Rapids in a nutshell. Man, uh, that, that's been the couple seasons of SKC I followed uh, in a nutshell. <laughs> 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 uh, but let, let's get to, uh, to a little bit more local. Um, let's start with a former SKC Swope Park Rangers player and SKC 2 that is now SKC 2. Uh, even though Swill Park Rangers is such a better name uh, player. Uh, Ethan Vanacore Decker. Uh, ben, I'm going to gonna ask you this one. What's he up to in uh, 2021? I think he's, uh, he's come back to win that MVP crown or at least get nominated. You, you, think, uh, you think the powers that be in USL are going to see someone from Omaha get an MVP nomination? I mean, one could only hope that mm. that would be the case. I don't know. Do we want to really have a I'm, – I'm happy to start really breaking down what happened with the MVP race because I think, you know, it was cold for Alex Morrell, who had the same basic stats as uh, Ethan to get nominated and Ethan not to get nominated. And then, you know, I know we only have one year of league history, but like mm. – and not to take away anything from uh, Terzaghi's season, because obviously he contributed significantly to what was an incredible turnaround season for the Richmond kickers. But like, I mean, the guy literally did not show up on the chances created list and had no assists all season. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to put it this way. I think you're going to break this all down for us in a wonderful article that will go more in depth than we have time for here. Yeah, 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 that's uh, fair. I don't need to reiterate the 2,000 words I wrote on this. But you can go see this pinned tweet at, un- at union underscore Omaha underscore Ben on Twitter. <laughs> where, where are we going to be able to find those wonderful articles from you and, and the rest of our, our group? Also, uh, WGAmedia.com. Hey. That, that sounds like a great website. You should probably bookmark that WGAHmedia.com. Actually, you know, it'd be really cool if there was some sort of like subscription feature so you could be alerted every time an article. Oh, it's, well, it's fancy. It's nice and helpful. I, I, I believe if you go on and read one of the many articles that are there for free on WGAHmedia.com, you can like and subscribe. You can even comment if you disagree thoroughly with what Ryan Legrand has posted as the players he thought was coming back. <laughs> I, I have a feeling that's going to come back to haunt me tonight. I hadn't even thought of that part yet. How did you, uh, you score out? I actually did pretty well. Um, but some of, the, some of the calls that, uh, the, the, the team made, which we're going to get to, I'm sure here in a little bit, um, uh, some of the roster moves that they made were not completely like that hard to pick. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> They, 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 they were, some of them were very obvious. Well, Fair enough. Let, let's, uh, let's start with our, 
guys who the team did not exercise an option on. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to start here with the two players on the team that Jay Mims coached pre-professional career. Mm-hmm. Elvira Isavich and Xavier Gomez. Yeah. Let, um, I'm going to have Ben take the, the Xavier Gomez. Okay. So what, what do you think was the, uh, the main motivation there? I mean, he didn't make a roster. So that, that kind of gives me a little bit of a insight on it, but I, I think you, uh, you having um, campaigned so much for certain people for MVP and him being such a high-ranked player on our preseason, you, you might have a few more insights there. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, it's – you never know what happens behind the scenes and what decisions are made unless you are behind the scenes, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it's, it's known, right? It's public information – that X was involved in a pretty scary incident um, mm-hmm. in Blackstone. Um, and then we really didn't hear much about him after that. Right. And you know, it, it, it's easy to draw the line and assume that it was just that one incident. Um, you know, but I, I, you know, I don't know. And I don't know whose side of this, you know, I don't know if he, he just didn't want to come back because he didn't feel safe in Omaha. Like, I think there's, I think there's a lot more going on than soccer there. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, you know, I, I think the reality is he was a key contributor for really good team last year. Um, you know, and whether uh, sorry, sorry, Ben, you you have to update that to two years ago now. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. In uh, season one of USL <laughs> League One, he is a critical contributor for uh, Lansing Ignite. Rest in peace. Um, you know, so so you got to imagine that there's there's other things going on. Um, but I, I think we can maybe put to bed the notion that Jay has guys that he likes just because they are Jay's guys <laughs> at one point. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. And honestly, I think, I think leaving Omaha and the season being delayed as much as it was. And I, I don't, wherever he ended up back with family, whatever it is, I think that a lot of that had to contribute to him not coming back in general. And like you said, Ben, there might, there may be other things on the, on the background that we don't know about that, you know, whether that relationship with Jay was as strong as we thought it was or what it is, but there's a reason he never came back to Omaha. um, In general. Yeah. Don't, I don't think, um, and and I'm going to take one of Ben's points and segue it into the other player. Uh, I don't think Jay is ever going to sacrifice his relationship for the sake of the team. And that has just been proven. Uh, I, but, I, I, a fun a fun story about this no no, well, no. <laughs> i'm just gonna do it anyway you're welcome. you're a chelsea we don't allow that <laughs> <laughs> so uh so you know i the first way i came to know jay mims was because uh a good friend of mine who worked for me for a while um had been recruited in jay's first recruiting class and so you know i brought that up with jay the first time i met jay and and he laughed and said you know uh, this player who I'll, uh, I'll leave out of this, but you almost certainly have never heard of him. Um, he's, his exact response was, oh, yeah, he'd be welcome on my men's league team anytime. And like, <laughs> you know, I think sometimes, I think sometimes things like that 
say it all, right? Like who you are as a person, who you are as a player are two different things, right? And, right. you know, I think um, I, I think that might be what's going on. Although, I, you know, I, I think X, I like being around X and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sad to see him go, but I wish him the best. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Uh, I, I don't think there's a single player that was not welcomed back or, or not, not welcomed back, but not uh, re-signed that we do not wish well on. Um, mm. True. That, that, that should be very, very clear here. We're a huge fan of everyone who ever invested time in the team yeah. um, uh, until such a point where we're not. But at this point in time, we are. And as you were saying, mm, I ruined some. I ruined the segue into Elvier. Sorry, you did. <laughs> Elvier, very much one of Jay's guys when we were looking at it in the preseason. Yep, seemed to be proving himself uh, throughout the season. But being that forward, that substitute for a number nine, never proved himself. And I, I feel like he's one that a lot of fans might be a little bit more confused. He had some good starts. He had some good sub ons contributed to a lot of opportunities, but never finished anything. Well, well, he did did put one in the back of the net in Statesboro, Georgia. That was all back on a absolutely bogus. Oh no, I'm not ready for you guys to take this kick sort of call from. Wait, 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 wait. Are you saying refereeing in League One? USL League One is suspect? Guys, we're like 12 minutes in this podcast. We haven't even played about refereeing. It didn't didn't take us long to get to the refing. (laughs) Well, uh, I just want to make sure that uh, someone else is saying that first. Uh, We'll we'll get to that later in Season (laughs) 2. Do you guys think something... Do you guys think it would have been different? Like, do you buy the goal scorers are streaky theory. Like, would he have felt differently if that goal had counted? Would he have had a yes. difference? Yes. I, I think that is 100% yes. Um, you look at, there are other players who scored, especially Conway. Mm. You know, he got his first goal early on, but then when he actually got one that he felt he deserved, the season was done. Like, I, we, we were good. I think, too, like, confidence is such a big thing, and Another thing that probably hurt Elvier too was even in his starts, you know, the three times he did start, he was subbed off every single time, you know, and a lot of times that's you're subbing off. uh, You're either subbing off an offensive player because you're trying to protect a lead and you're putting a defensive player on, or you're subbing off the offensive player because he's not producing and you need somebody on the field that will, you know, and, and having a guy like Elvier that's, supposed to help lead the line that has no goals, no assists. You know, even though even though he did put one in the back of the net and it was called back, you know, that, that would have only been one goal and zero assists over 16 games. And, I, you yeah. know, I, I think that this is the contrast between Elvier and X of both being J-Mims guys. I think that Elvier's not having his option re, or um, picked up I think a lot of that has to do with his performance. And I, that's why I lean more towards X is having to do with something off the field. I think mm-hmm. that I think each one is a different scenario. Well, I, 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 we can't say anything about X on the field because he never made the appearance on the field. Very true. Uh, but, and Luke and I missed the only game that, you know, he played in Omaha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I, I some more Elvira questions. Can I ask just two quick Elvira questions? Do it, but we, we got to keep this rolling. All right. No, no, these are good ones. One, do you think he would have benefited from a longer season? I yes. felt like he was rounding into form at the end. Yep. And I, again, so, so, okay, based on that, do you guys think he was, Jay was seeing what he had when he was playing him toward the end of our season? Or do you think he was doing better in practice and he was earning those spots? Uh, I think it's the latter, personally. I mean, I, one of the things, like, you bring up a Jay Mims guy, and I start thinking about the rest of the roster. And I think a Jay Mims guy is someone that is coming in and doing the work and is earning their spot on the team. Mm-hmm. And and I think that Elvier probably towards the end of the season, I think he probably came in hoping that his relationship would help. And I think at the end of the season, he learned, I need to earn my spot. And I think that's what helped him towards the end of the season, get more playing time. Um, I'm going to vehemently disagree here. Uh, Fair. I, I, I think we were looking at Elvier, who I hope has a fantastic future ahead wherever he goes. And I imagine if he keeps with uh, domestic U.S. soccer, it will end up back. But I think a lot of it had to do with he never caught his pace. Jay was using him to maybe provide a little bit of see what he can do if I've been proven wrong. Mm-hmm. But it had more to do with we're hitting the toughest part of our season, which the end of our season was mm-hmm. tough. Absolutely. Uh, and we need to rest our guys. Mm. That, so last last thing, he's he's no. still twenty two, and one of the youngest guys on our team. And so I think it probably comes down to money is why they didn't bring him back. Well, uh, again, I, I think he may not be gone. Mm. We renew his option, but we're going to let him see where where he ends up and that option may be open if he wants to renegotiate a contract. Yeah. Um, and that's something that we'll get to with other players, but let's move to our defenders. Was it Owney and Houseworth are two defenders that we, we let go. Yeah. I, I rank, uh, I rate Nathan as like the least surprising thing. <laughs> you know, I mean, he had the least amount of appearances of anybody that, you know, we thought would be play. I mean, Manny and, and Holt didn't have any appearances, but we I don't know that any they, of us expected they were, they were signed to end of year contracts. Like yeah. that that was and I don't think anybody expected them to actually yeah. make you know make the field. But you know, he played four times. I mean Yeah. And for whatever reason he wasn't shown you know, we we just talked about practice. I don't think he showed in practice what Jay was looking for. And mm-hmm. for whatever reason, whatever they were seeing, he wasn't earning his chance to get on the field as often. I, I think Owney was not as dynamic a player as our dynamic backline needed. Mm-hmm. When you put him up next to a law uh, or, you know, in, in practice, it, whether you're pairing him a law or, um, or Dalton, no, he's a step behind. And when you're looking at a second season and you're putting, keeping him on the bench or a second string the entire time, we're going to, potentially and hopefully see a better college option come out of it for cheaper. He played, he played 279 minutes, one more than Elvier. And <laughs> I, I think he had, I think he had some, you know, not to go all, you know, memories and moments, but 
I, I think Nathanani had some very rough moments on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, you know, Luke, you brought up, you brought up pace and being a step behind. I think the way that we played offensively, you can't be, you can't be a step behind the rest of your back line, the guys that you're back there with, because those guys really had to be ready at any moment. Cause you know, we, we counterattacked a lot, but then those guys were flying back down the other end and you know, we had a lot of our defenders having to intercept balls, make tackles, doing that stuff. And if you're if you're too slow on that, you're giving up goals at that point. Are you, uh, oh, no. are you referring to the offside goal that was scored against us? Um, where maybe. Nathan? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Was headband forward, you know, throwing the ball in? Yeah. yeah. That goal is offside. It's not really his fault, but anyway. <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're, we're here. Uh, with Luke, uh, I'm just going to put it this way. There can be only one. Um, I had no arguments with his performance on the field. Um, I I thought when he was performing and when he was playing, he was doing exceptionally well, but that's not everything. And I trust Jay on making the right moves. Uh, This, I mean, I don't know if we're going to do superlatives later. But for me, this was uh, the most surprising of the ones on the list um, because I really thought he contributed significantly mm-hmm. um, throughout the season. I thought he contributed positively. Um, I was under the impression he had lost his starting spot due to injury, um, not necessarily performance. Um, I could be I could be wrong there, but you know, again, Jay Mims is the Bill Belichick of uh, injury reports in League One. Um, uh, League One is the Bill Belichick of injury reports. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think right when Dami had cracked ribs, I think uh, he's listed as probable or whatever. I don't. I remember <laughs> how it went, but I don't know. But so you know, again, I I was under the impression that Luke had lost his spot through injury, and yeah, I don't know. We could I could talk a lot about this. But. Well, I I think too the thing that surprised me was you know stats wise. You know, you look at you look at a lot of the stuff Luke had defensively, and he was top five in a lot of the stats, you know, on the team, and that that's saying something with, especially considering he was being rotated with with other guys a lot, and you know, he played eleven times, so it's yeah. not like he didn't play a, a lot. And the the fact that you end up with fifteen clearances, fifteen interceptions, you're playing that well. It, it I think that's why it surprised me more than anything, because at least if if you don't want him as a starter. He's a good year two option depth that already understands your defensive form and defensive shape. I, I think the the year two option, again, when you're looking depth, you have to understand we can theoretically re-sign any of the guys we declined options on. True. But when you're looking at signing them with an increase, if they didn't provide the reason for an increase, mm-hmm. there, there's no point in re-signing them now. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think Luke is going to go find a home at another League One team and continue to be a fantastic right back in this league. Like, I mean, that's my theory on it. I mean, he did so at Tucson. He did so here, Union Omaha. Um, I'm interested to see where his home is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope it's. Uh, I mean, I'm going to just go ahead and announce that I'm going to write a Owl alumni column every week and uh, <laughs> track where these eight guys are. Um, where, where can we find that? That'll be on WGAmedia.com. WGAhmedia.com. That's the one. <laughs> oh, perfect. 
Yeah. And so, you know, I hope he goes to a team that I enjoy at least looking up their results up. So I, I do want to talk about the most surprising let go in my mind. And I believe league one fun co-host and league one pundit Ira Jersey uh, agrees with me on this. Mm-hmm. Stubo Contreras, him not being re-signed while looking at him as 30 years old and being an international roster slot makes sense that when you're looking at it, that makes a lot of sense, but he was definitely a leader on the field. Mm-hmm. When you looked at him, when he was holding captain's armband leader uh, in the community, le- I would say leader in the community. And you and I saw him at multiple uh, events in a COVID year, trying to, to make a difference in the community he's involved in along with his wife and his Son, uh, Tian, um, Yo and Tian, and then he's got a, a little little daughter on the way. Yep, baby girl um, on the way. Yep. So we love to see him back here, but based on business decisions, him being an older player and being an international roster slot. I have to I have to trust Jay on this because it, those are two things that it's very hard to compromise on in this league. I, I totally agree. Um, and but nothing. I mean, I think my first conversation, literally first conversation I ever had with Sebas, uh, he mentioned that he wanted to have more kids and he didn't think it was going to happen. And so, you know, if nothing else, for him to be able to have another kid after his year in Omaha, that's good enough for me. I'm going to mm-hmm. cling on to that. I'm going to say two things that uh, are going to sound contradictory, but I think that it makes sense. So in my, in my column, in my column, I said he was gone, you know, his age, uh, the fact that he lost his starting spot and lost the captain's armband. I thought all that kind of was the writing on the wall, but on the flip side, I think he's one of the guys we're going to miss the most on the field. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's because of the leadership and, and his veteran status, because we do have a fairly young team, especially considering the guys that we kept. So we well, got rid of like our oldest, all of our oldest players. That, that, that is entirely wrong. And we'll get to that. Yeah. we. I mean, it's not completely true that they were all older players, but a majority of them were. And I, I think the thing is, is like, no, they weren't. What? you're wrong. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I, I, I just think that you have, you can have both things. Like, I think you're going to miss having him there and, and potentially have that leadership void. But th- I think also it's not completely surprising that a guy um, who at 30 is who he's going to be as a player, you know, his first touch isn't the greatest. He uh, sometimes I think he tried a little too many things trying to take guys on that type of stuff where maybe as a younger player, that was okay. But as an older player, he needed to transition to a different type of role, but you know, it's one of those things like it's not completely surprising, but I, I'm going to miss him. I think he's going to I think he's going to be a uh, void. I, I'm going to say I don't think we've seen the last of Sebas Contreras. Oh, oh, I hope. <laughs> and whether he's back in a technical capacity mm-hmm. or a playing capacity, I personally hope he's back. Um, I had some great interactions with him off the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I need to work on my Spanish or he needs to work on his English, but I'm going to work on Spanish because I feel like that's 
that that's just generally needs to happen. Uh, <laughs> him him back with the team in any capacity, I think, will be a huge boon. But let let's get to uh, let's get to our next player that option was declined on, who also had a big leadership role, uh, and I know this is one that we we all had some great interactions with Tyler David made some good impacts on the field, made great impacts off the field, but let's, let's break down a little bit. Why, why he's not coming back. I kind of put Tyler in the same place. I do Sebas. Like you got a guy that played his heart out, but lost his starting spot as time went on. Um, You know, injuries kind of hurt him at the end, but on the flip side, like he's a leader in the community and he was a leader around here and he got a lot of people excited and he did all those Instagram, you know, talks, the Instagram live stuff that he did. And I I think that quite a few people tuned into those things and, you know, he got some good conversations going that I know all three of us support, you know, the the mission that he was going for. And I think we're going to miss him on that end. I think is on the field. There was a little bit of liability there with his injury proneness. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came off a year where he had a significant injury with Hartford. Uh, we brought him in late because we didn't end up getting Toby on schedule due to COVID and due to visa and maybe the outgoing administration. But he he filled a role early in the season he took a leadership role on the pitch, and I I think for what he was signed for, it was a very, very good use of the season. Um, I, I very much appreciated everything he did, but I think we we have the depth there to ensure that position's not being shortchanged. Absolutely. I'm not and Okay. All right. I, you, you just, you just not along there. Yeah. No, I mean, it works perfectly on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's a very visual medium. <laughs> very visual medium. A- anything to add for, for Tyler, Ben? I really admired Tyler as a person and a player. You know, I appreciated his, just who he was, right? Like, I, I think I had a good relationship with him personally, and I think he's a good guy. I did a great interview with him in September. And hopefully we can get it out in audio format instead of writing because I lost my steam on that one a little bit. Sorry. (laughs) But, you know, I I just think he he brought he brought something different. He brought a different dimension to the team off the field that we didn't have, which is sort of a really experienced veteran who is interested in sharing his experience, interested in being involved in community things off the pitch. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I can't speak enough for what he did in the community. On the field, you know, I, I think I I don't have that signature Tyler David moment that I will remember forever, right? In the way that I do for other players. Now, watching him celebrate some other people's goals is pretty memorable. But like, it, you know, even those like crunching tackle moments are like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know. So I, I think, again, we, we can, when we're, we're doing a summary, like I, I think we'll come back to the fact that, you know, we can talk about age and leadership, you know, what, what has happened with the decisions that have been made, but you know, I, I think we're going to miss him and it's, you know, I wouldn't, I don't know. Hey, I, 
I, I have two Tyler David signature moments. One was uh, one was the goal, the last home game where he was involved yeah, with. But the other one was um, during uh, during the Revs match when he was frustrated and it was a completely quiet stadium. And he screamed the F word louder than I've ever heard anybody scream in my life. <laughs> and it echoed through the stadium. And I talked to him after the match about that. And he just laughed. Cause he's just like, I, he's like, yeah, I looked over and there was a bunch of kids on the sideline and I knew I probably shouldn't have said what I said. <laughs> I know that's not a plain situation, but it, God, right. it was funny for, for sure. For sure. And I, um, I've said this elsewhere. It's really quick. Um, I think there was always going to be a situation where Tyler and Sebus were probably going to lose their starting spots. I, yeah, I just think you bring them in for the veteran leadership to get the young guys going. That, that's that's Jay's style is right. he's going to develop people, and the guys who unfortunately are least likely to develop are going to lose their spots, which means we'll probably not see them year two. Yeah, I I do want to just kind of keep us a little bit moving. Sam, you know, he won save of the month mm-hmm. featured in a game and a half uh, after some questionable cart rouge uh, showing up in Texas. And, um, you know, as a second string keeper that definitely could be first string somewhere, not surprised. Well said. I think, you know, I, I think it's another one who really established himself in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it, not only that, but like he did his job, right? Like yep. mm. he made some saves and what more could you have asked? Him, right. Like what more can you ask from your backup goalkeeper, except to come in, close out a game and then start the game. You need to start come up big he had the save of the season for us yeah i honestly the only reason it surprised me a little bit was because i feel like there's other areas of the field that we need to focus on and having to worry about finding a backup keeper and maybe we get a loan maybe we do something else but worrying about finding a backup keeper is one of those things i figured we would just avoid because i think you know we haven't talked about all of the strikers but i think that you know, a number nine is the num- is the biggest problem we have right now. And so I just figured not not giving away your really good backup goalkeeper for at least one more season was a no brainer. But that's why Jay makes the big bucks, right? Well, I think, you know, I, I think I think we are not privy to what people are making. Right. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, I think there's some there's a few factors we're not privy to. But I again, I mean, I think, I think on those three, you just, because I, you know, I'll attribute it to the fact that they're all pretty veteran players. Yep. Those three did a really good job of like coming in and like becoming part of the community. Right. And mm-hmm. in a way that like, you know, let's take my boy, Jake Crawl, right. Like in a way, Jake may not understand yet how to do right. Because like it's year one, you, right. you know, like one of the things that Tyler and I talked about in this conversation is like what his role as union rep was like in like working with the younger players. Right. And it's like, you have guys who are like literally finishing up their college career and also learning about like what it means to like be in a union, like, mm-hmm. you, you know, like handle those really professional things. And so, you know, I, I, I think that uh, we'll see what happens next year. I don't think it's going to be bad, but I, I think it's, it hurts a little bit emotionally mm-hmm. because those guys were more connected and more part of the community. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I mean, definitely, uh, definitely there where at least half of these guys I have had a beer with. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, they, they've been engaging. They've, they've done good things for the community. They've been taking every option they can to engage mm-hmm. with the community. Absolutely. Um, but again, it's a business and things have to be taken at the point of we have to, we have to keep moving. We have to bring in young talent and at a third tier soccer club, your young talent is going to be at the expense of veteran players occasionally. And, and you know what, like um, you don't get to be sentimental, you know? Yeah. Uh, As much as I trust me, I know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think we just have one last to to discuss here. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, Mari. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think uh, Juan's right up there with Elvire. You know, it's if I look at it uh, from a more statistical standpoint and try and be more um, not be so subjective about it, I think that he, it's the same thing. He he played when he played, but he didn't produce on the end where you expect a striker to produce, which is. Uh-huh scoring goals and setting people up. And he just, he had none of that. And, you know, if, if you're going to, we've, we've shown this league has already shown after two seasons that in order to improve and maybe win the championship in the second year, you need to bring somebody in that can help you score goals and win games. And yeah, no, you have to bring in an Argentinian who scored against Boca juniors. Uh, I, I understand. Yeah. Like you, 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 for me, I, I think Juan, did did a fantastic job when we were looking there in the preseason when it came to the actual season didn't convert the he kept himself in shape but it just never never happened during the season straight snatched his spot from him he's gonna find a way hopefully in the next he just got married so maybe that was on his mind and that caused some issues for us but I, I'm hoping he he figures it out coming forward, and we're we're looking at a one facing us that we would have been happy to have for his sake. I mean, I hope you know. I don't know where his wife and her child live, but like, man, he's looked so happy on Instagram these last yeah. few weeks. Like, I like just play where she lives, man. Like, find yes, a team, yeah. play there. Like, be happy. Like, have a great life. Like that makes that's way more dismissive than it needs to be. But like. I don't know. No, it's no. just like good thing gone. Like I, I would, I would, I hope he, I hope he can, you know, enjoy that. Yeah, I think his body language at the end of the season versus what we saw um, on social media definitely is two contrasting things. I, I think, mm-hmm. I think, I don't think he was happy at the end. I think he thought he was going to play more. I think he felt defeated a little bit. And when he yeah. is with his family, he feels happy and he feels excited, and that's great. I'm, and I'm with you, Ben. Go go live your life. Be happy with your family, and yeah. and find a place to play that is going to keep you close to them. Yeah, and I sure. and I I heard uh, I heard from sources that he was he was very unhappy. Yeah, I, I mean, as a if you're a number nine mentality and you're not playing a number nine and you're not starting, you're going to be unhappy. Yeah. Oh well, that, I mean, I we rolled out two midfielders. <laughs> forwards right like that's just gotta be a dagger to some of those guys well and you know here's the thing is when uh we go through that scoring drought we went through 
and you're number nine and you're like, at least throw me on the field and let me see, you know, let me play and let me see if I can get a goal and get my, you know, Jay said, sometimes it's just getting that first goal. Right. You know, and I'm, I'm sure frustration sets in at 25 years old of, I know I can score goals, but I need to be on the field and I need to get playing time and no one else is doing it right now. So why am I not getting the opportunity to show that I can do it? And eventually that weighs on your mind. And for us looking at that, it has to boil down to how you're performing in practice. Absolutely. Cause I, again, trust Jay on his decisions. And if he's making a decision, it's because something has affected him in a way that it wouldn't be beneficial to, to bring him back on the terms that were presented. Yep. It, unless I can't read. I, I think that everyone who unfortunately we're gonna have to watch either play against us or watch beat teams that we're going to cheer against. <laughs> um, yeah. No, that's so, yeah. So who were we most surprised that was brought back? Oh, I got, I got an answer. Go for it. Austin Poncho. Oh, wow. oh no. I thought you were going to say EVD. <laughs> 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 look guys, look guys, the season, the season hasn't kicked off yet. There's still time for someone to offer us <laughs> money for him. And uh, that, I think, I mean, we can, we, that's, that's topic for another podcast is uh, who is most likely to be sold oh, on. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, I think, uh, the reality is, is it, he's one of three players that I think if all three of them are in our opening day lineup, I'm really excited that we chose not to sell them. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To answer your question, you know, and again, nothing against Austin. Like I was incredibly impressed during the preseason, his presence, his leadership, but he never played, you know, and I mean, he scored maybe what felt like the most important goal of the season at the time he scored it. But again, yeah. I, I think we've already discussed that Jay doesn't, really seem to do things for sentimental reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think again, nothing from me against Austin. I just felt like, you know, he was our fourth choice right midfielder at the time. No, uh, I Austin definitely a little bit surprising, but honestly the way he, he showed up when he was asked to show up, I don't think there was ever any question there. I think he came in on a cheap enough contract that, we weren't hurting. I hope for his sake that, you know, living wage. I, I think he also invested very heavily in the Omaha community. Mm-hmm. You all can look into that if you'd like, but. Uh, you made that we, so much worse than it needed to be. Sorry. <laughs> um, it is what it is. At the beginning of the season, like after the first three games, the player that I find most surprising we signed back. And again, not after the last four games, Nikki, please forgive me. Uh, she doesn't listen to this podcast, so that's fine. Faraday. Faraday Sosa. Wow. I, after the first three games, I did not think he was going to be re-signed. 29. Is he 29 or 30 at this point? He's going to be 30 on Christmas. So... 29 years old, international roster slot, and was starting on the bench at the beginning of the season. Sure. Now, last four games, he was wearing the armband. I I don't think in any way, shape, or form was Jay going to turn somebody from that level, like sitting sitting on the bench or not even making the, the roster, to being captain. 
of a team that should have won the final. I, yeah. He's he's the like, inverse of of Sebastian and Tyler, right? Well, I'd say he's the inverse of what we were expecting X or Elvier to be. Sure. Like well, he is the he's the guy who showed up that wasn't supposed to show up. Yeah, so I want to I want to go ahead and give Matt Hominoff some credit. Matt Hominoff, I was sitting in Marty Cordero's office. I have no idea why. Matt goes, I think we need to find our captain. And like, you know, says Ferry's name. And I look him up and I'm like, okay, Matt, this guy has never even played a full season of professional soccer. Like, to date, the most games he's ever played in a season is 15. He is, like, just because he's the oldest guy on the roster does not mean that he is going to be captain. And like, that's that's what I said to Matt at the time. And uh, I was wrong. You know, I was wrong. So therefore, I had pretty heavily invested in my opinion that Faraday wasn't going to be captain. I met Faraday, and Faraday's an amazingly kind human being, but he is very quiet yeah. off the field, right? He is a very soft-spoken human being. But, you know, he played his way into the side. He became captain. Like, I think I have some questions about it going forward, right? I think, you know, there's the, he's almost 30, although he is in incredible shape. Like, let's not... You, you saw know, that I, clip. You yeah, saw no, it. I, I mean, and I, you know, I just think like the reality is he is a act, incredibly athletic person. And like, you know, you guys mentioned both Tyler and Sebas having question marks about their athletic ability. You know, he's in their age bracket and there are no questions. Well, I, like, I, I think it's worth noting that Tyler is what, 27, 26, 27? I got all that. He's uh He's 28. Is he? Says he's 26 here on a transfer market. Yeah. Let me see what my friend. Oh, yeah, he's 26. You're right. He's 26. He is. You're good. So I'm I'm just going to put it there. That that might explain a little bit of the Tyler. Well, I mean, but but Tyler Tyler's played like four or five times more games professionally than Faraday. So I I mean I think Faraday's a very interesting one, and I'm I'm really curious to see what happens next year, but I'll be very surprised if he's wearing the captain arm captain's armband at the start of this. I see. I think he became one of, I think he became what we thought X or Elvira was supposed to be in the sense of he became a J men's guy. I think he showed up every week or every day to practice. He busted his tail. He showed that he should be on the field. And when he got on the field, he proved that he needed to stay on the field. And by the end of the season, he was the leader in the locker room and I think that 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 is likely the reason why out of the three guys that are 30 or older, or right around 30, 26 to 30 in that range, I think that's why he was kept because he went from starting on the bench, getting super sub type role to becoming almost undroppable and being our captain. You know, I mean, that, that, that to me is what he just showed that he's a J men's guy. And that's why Jay kept him. Well, and, and I think I, I, he also, like, I don't think we still know what his soccer ceiling is yet. He would be sort of your classic late bloomer mm-hmm. kind of guy. I see him doing very, very well this next season after he's really comfortable. He has the fan support while, while being very quiet. Yep. No, his showmanship is unparalleled. I, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of him next season. And again, he may not play every game, but when he plays, you're going to notice him. Ben. Yeah. What about me? 
Who's your surprise? Austin Poncho, because he played 155 <laughs> minutes, second least on the entire team. He gave his. Mine's the uh, <laughs> mine's the opposite side, which is what, it's more minutes. But uh, I, I was honestly the guys we kept. It didn't all none of them really surprised me. When I look at like our midfield, Christian Molina was another guy that I was a little shocked, mostly because I, I think when I when I did my articles and I did the research, I I had these two guys. I had Austin and uh, and Christian flipped in my brain. And then after I looked at the stats and what they were able to do and the time they were given, I felt like Austin made more of an impact in that short time that he was on the field. So, I mean, but it also does not surprise me that Christian's back. And I, I think that having more time under Jay and and the confidence that Christian seemed to build, especially when it was kind of one of those just start shooting type moments um, and he got a goal or two. I mean, it's one of those things like he just started proving himself. And so, I mean, if we had to pick somebody that was the most surprising, I think that for me, he was considered my quote unquote, most surprising. I'm just going to do this. Ryan, you're wrong. <laughs> That's fine. I'm, I mean, I'm I, wrong a lot, Luke. I'm married. Well, I mean, you can go to WGAHmedia.com and see how wrong Ryan was. <laughs> I, I agree with Luke that you're wrong on Christian Molina, but that's, that's fine. I, we, I, I, I think Christian Molina is young, dynamic, a under-23 international for his country. Well, he's a U.S. citizen and an under-23 international for El Salvador. Uh, I, I am correct with El Salvador. Yes. Ben? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're, of course you're okay. Salvador. Well, I, I, I just want to make sure I often forget who's an international for who. Uh, but that boy showed up. And oh, yeah. every, time, every time after the first game, he was given an option and he screwed up against Tucson. He was given an option and he delivered. Whether it was a goal or he was just contributing on the field, that kid is a bulldog. Like he's he's gonna win everything he's going into or die trying. And I don't take this as me saying we don't need Christian. I, I think he's a great player. I, I think we uh Oh how are you no, He's just—it's one of those things. If you throw a thing out there like who do you who are you surprised about, it was just somebody in my mind, and that—that's the fun part about following the same team is all of us kind of pick different guys that we start, you know, our our eyes go to or whatever. And you know, Christian, especially initially, he wasn't somebody that stood out to me or stuck out to me. And but on the flip side, he is well—he's twenty-two. You know, I mean, he's a young guy. He's going to grow. He's a new professional. He's the kind of guy that we just talked about earlier in this podcast of. Jay wants to develop guys. Christian's a guy that they can develop and continue to develop. Well, can we talk about how he might be playing at the Olympics? Yeah, we can. <laughs> I mean, why would we right so now? You kind of uh, were saying that a guy who might be representing his country at the Olympics. <laughs> it's, it's fine. I'm ready for the flames. Might not be limited. Guy scores a goal, goes up, finds the flag of the country he plays for. All right, all right, all right. Like, yeah, yeah, look for that best. Uh, look for that best goal celebrations. Column. Yeah, I, I, I mean, do you do you really? I you really want to say that you were surprised he was brought back? 
again, we're talking about we're talking about a couple different players that played less than five hundred. Oh, there we go. Clearly, you can work it up as well. I was surprised how few minutes Christian played, considering the impact he made. Yeah. Yeah, but did he need a whole lot of minutes to impact? No. Yeah. I mean, that that's an Elmo one there, but I, I think that we're going to have to go to an episode two on this. Yeah, yeah. I got I got two points in closing. One. Uh, well, I, I'm going to give you give you one more on Christian. <laughs> if no. you want to see how wrong Ryan is on everything here, no. go to WGH.com. Yeah. Actually, Ryan, why don't, you, uh, why don't you give us the scorecard on how you did? Oh my God, I'd have to go through it. I don't know if I... <laughs> <laughs> Tune in to episode two or go to WGHmedia.com. I meant as a written article. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. I can do a scorecard <laughs> and tell you guys how wrong I was. I'm totally open to that. Everybody's, everybody's made it through their commute to work and, you know, their break. So, Yeah. We're, we're, we're doomed here. First time with I want to correct uh, the record on one thing we discussed in this podcast because uh, I've been doing a little data dumping in the background here. Luke, you said you didn't think age was a thing in this, but if you look at the players we kept, the average age, and this includes Faraday at 30, the average age, 24. Uh, and the average age of the guys we dropped. 26. Okay. Actually, it's, it's 25 and a half, but that's because it includes Elvier. Yeah. It's 22. If you exclude Elvier, it's 26. What? Why are we excluding Elvier? We're not. It's still. A, it, folks are a year and a half older. And if so you go. I will say this. Keeping Elma, keeping Faraday, those are two players that are going to bring a certain maturity to the mm-hmm. field and off the field that that is needed. Um. And again, I'd like to see where we end up by the time the season starts with the guys who did not resign. This is a great place to start. So tune in to episode two of season two of Who Gives a Hoot? I got I got one last uh, fun fact for you guys. Is fun it a fun, fun it's fact? Pretty, it's pretty fun. Uh, okay. of the eight guys, if the eight guys who are coming back, I believe six of them lived alone, who are not coming back. Six of them lived alone. And Where, like where'd to, that question come from? I would like to shout out Thomas from the Discord for Thomas Kurtz. Thomas Kurtz for putting it in my head to look into it on that one. So wait, you you no. said eight of the guys not returning? No, no, six of the eight oh, guys okay. not returning lived alone. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's the entirety of folks who lived alone, but I think it's very close. I don't, I don't have, I have a good sense from when I worked at the team, but I don't have a complete sense. But I I mean, that does definitely play into it during the COVID year. Are you willing to commit as much on the field versus not? Well, and yeah, no, I, yeah, I I think too, you start looking at guys that are living alone and their age and stuff. Some of that also with the COVID year affects people that are going out versus people that aren't meeting up and stuff like that, that, you know, you got a guy like Sebastian that has a kid and has one on the way that is home. Is Does he want to go out and, and fraternize when it's a COVID year, or does he want to stay home and be with his family? You know, I mean, some of that stuff's not completely surprising. Yeah, no, no, no. And, and I think, again, when you look at the fact that, you know, we got a lot younger with people were removed from the team, I, I think it's not surprising that the older folks were living. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you make them sound like they have walkers and canes. But... <laughs> 
Yeah, there's nothing I, like uh, talking about age in soccer to make one feel old. Also, you're both old as, you know, dinosaurs. So, You'll get there in a few years, Luke. Yeah, I know. I, I got a few years on that. But young at heart. Let's resolve because we, we got a lot more to talk about on, on the roster decisions. We'll be dropping another episode within a week of this dropping, covering the returning players and what we think we're going to be looking at a roster for the next season. Cool, yep, sounds it. great. All right. I, I just dropped that on them, dropping it on you. And uh, who gives a who? We do. We do. We do.